0: Welcome to Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture and more from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program, we take a look at our new mobility special that we just launched this week, all about air travel. Swedish pop star Sara Larsson has become a sensation on Roblox take a look at more stuff on the Metaverse. I'm Connor Olson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues roland Philipp Kletschmar, editor-at-large for Future and digitization, and our junior editor, Eric Sedin. Hi, guys. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. What's been going on? Uh, Eric? how you've been? How, how, how's the health?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm barely sitting up right now. I've had a horrible week. With like a complex mix of probably all sicknesses combined, without going into okay. too much we, details.
0: <laughs> we don't want to hear more about that. I'm just glad <laughs> you're on the show. Roland, yeah. how's your week been?
2: It's been okay. I've um, been following Elon Musk uh, as usual on Twitter and other social channels. He's uh, been kind of selling off his um, Tesla stocks. Interesting progress. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have been following that.
0: But... Yeah, for sure. A lot of uh, controversy around it in, t- in terms of how he uh, his tax planning is a is a big topic. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna be public about my tax planning. <laughs> no, let's 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 move on from there. I think just to start with, uh, I think it's always a nice start on the program to take a look a a little bit on our uh, weekly guide and our travels around Scandinavia. And this week we're going to Finland. That's right,
1: Eric. Yeah, we're going to uh, Espoo. I think that's the English uh, pronunciation of it. Yeah, Which I thought was... Roland just told me before we started recording here that it's not its own city. I thought it was its own city in Finland, but it's like a part of Hels- Helsinki, right?
2: Ah, uh, If you asked Espo citizens, I think they would, they
1: would <laughs> disagree
2: with you. But it, it's, um, let's say, more than a suburb and less than a city.
1: Okay. But yeah, great guide again. It's always great guides online. I hope you guys that are listening are not missing out because it's, it's free content and free travel guides all over Scandinavia. And yeah, so uh, Espo, Espo seems kind of like, uh, it seems like the Silicon Valley of uh, the Nordics, I guess. A lot of like tech startups and they have their uh, Alvar Aalto University, the tech university and design university they produce a lot of great stuff there.
0: Yeah, it's an important place. Uh, Roland, have you have you, you spent a lot of time in Espo, right? I spent a lot of time in Espo.
2: I um, <laughs> I don't even know how many times I've been there, but it's, it's more than the... The startup hub of 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 Finland. I would say there's a lot of uh, the big tech companies, the blue chip companies are there. Um, I mean, big energy companies such as Fortum are there. It's 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 buzzing. Mm. Espoo is uh, actually and actually it's not uh, it's it's a design um, destination. I would say not only because of the university and the startups and the big 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 blue chip companies. There's a lot of really really interesting. Um, architecture hiding in Espoo. So. Yeah,
1: that's what I've seen. And did you ever go to Haikaren Pesa, the Stork's Nest? Uh, yes, I've been, yes, yes. Because that looks amazing. It's this huge It's a restaurant, a lunch restaurant that's exactly. cool. you know, up, to, up top of a, like a, like a tower with a view of the archipelago. It looks really cool. You can read about it online. Yes.
0: Yeah, to learn more about Espoo, visit our guide on on scandinavianmind.com. It's Pilvi Kalama, director of Espo Museum of Modern Art, that shares her uh, uh, you know uh, secrets and and uh, best spots in Espo. I you know I can't wait to go. Listen, we talked uh, earlier uh, before we started recording that, you know, should we talk more about the metaverse or not? Uh, I don't know. I've been (laughs) obsessing about it. We've all been reading about it. It's something that's on many people's minds. I think just a few observations that it's interesting to take a look at. Uh, There's been a story this week about the Swedish pop star Sara Larsson, who has become quite the sensation on Roblox. Uh, Erik, you know more about this.
1: Yeah, the uh, BBC has written a great article about it, where they talk to Sarah herself, um, where she says that she just she couldn't believe it. Her jaw dropped when she received the check from Roblox. She got uh, one million dollars <laughs> from just one uh, concert that she did with, where you could purchase skins and you could purchase uh, avatar mm. uh, add-ons uh, and such. Cause she and she also didn't know that four million people were watching this concert. So she basically says in this, uh, in this article how she's been doing this for 10 years and she's been, you know, traveling all over the world, but she could never, like she said, how could I ever play in front of 4 million people? Mm. She just can't believe it. And she also says, how would that even work logistically? Like, how do I travel there? How do I get all the people there? How do you find a venue? So she's really like getting into this whole uh, uh, virtual concert thing, which, of course, we've seen other big artists do as well. I think it's time. Perhaps, like it's the only way to see concerts uh, these days, is to get like a Roblox or Counter a, or a well, Fortnite. Well, this account. is not
0: a, a case for the metaverse. I don't know what is, uh, Roland. Uh, you you always want to advocate the the healthy view on this. What do you think about this development? Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm I'm sitting thinking
2: about how we can <laughs> create this podcast bonanza here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how many million listeners and viewers and people can we get engaged in our podcast? That's what I'm thinking about.
0: Convo. Yeah, but I, well, I think for starters, building a following that would attract that uh, uh, mass. We we're not quite on Sarah Lawson uh, levels with Scandinavian <laughs> Mind, even though we have we have a quite a healthy following with our with our platform. But
2: why <laughs> should I mean we should get Sarah uh, on the podcast. Podcast. Definitely,
0: we should get Sarah and perhaps someone who works with our uh, with, with this. I think that would be super interesting to hear uh, what their strategies are and if they're going to look more into this.
1: Someone's obviously doing all the set designs. Someone's doing all the costume designs, uh, mm. saving a lot of not of it, not only money and time, but you know, carbon emissions must be really, really uh, beneficial from these uh, online concerts in mm. these uh, COP twenty six times, I guess
0: sure and and but the question is then is this the equivalent to a physical concert or is it something else um i've been thinking a lot about the the, the sort of the term skeuomorphic i think we mentioned it uh, in, in the other podcast the sort of notion that you always compare the new with the old and mm. um i think it's a sort of a dangerous trap in a way in that so we talk about digital concerts and we immediately compare them to the physical traditional concert and maybe this is something completely different maybe there's a new type of experience where people can interact in new types of ways that are more akin to gaming more akin to uh, um sort of social flagging or, or you, you can you can connect with people globally in a way that obviously you can't in a concert so why even call it a concert uh, I think it's interesting to to think about these these uh, concepts in that regard. May Conrad, I I would say that maybe 80, 90, maybe even more percent
2: of Saul Larson's uh, let's say fans in, uh, online have never ever been to a physical concert, so they they don't even understand what you talk about. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. So why kind of even calling it a concert? I kind of had this. Or why not?
2: But but what is a (laughs) concert? Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What is a concert? Mm. I kind of had the same experience. I I uh, earlier this week. I I, every once every season I do a lecture at the Bäris, the Barry School of Communication, talking about communication and building kind of content platforms and the stuff we do with Scandinavian Mind. This was kind of the first time when I realized that talking about my history as a print journalist it didn't resonate at all. Previously, people have some kind of notion about what that was, but I felt like this time, I think most people that uh, I was talking to were, uh, kind of, they were like 20, pretty young crowd. And they had no kind of relationship to the the print magazine world at all. So I kind of had to explain what that was in order to sort of translate it to the stuff that we do today with building digital uh, sort of content platforms and so forth. But it's it archaic of... to to do print, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, but uh, it, this is quite interesting because I
2: mean I I guess most Swedes, let's say at least, they go to uh, press stop or press byron or some somewhat mm. similar stores to purchase smoothies or coffee or. You know, cinnamon buns, and there you have plenty of magazines, and you know, new new print editions coming out every month. So,
0: well, it seems like the magazines at Pressbüro is is almost like a, uh, a set design these days, uh, and and the, the the shelves are getting smaller and smaller. I don't know about this. I'm.
1: I know I have cousins; they're 14 and 15 years old, and they told me they like to go to uh, downtown to Stockholm. They just walk around in record stores, not really there to buy. Uh, like records or CDs, Mm -hmm. they just like to walk around there and look at stuff. But, you know, we've seen in the music industry how CDs, tapes, and um, uh, the vinyl is coming back. So perhaps something similar for print or written journalism. Perhaps it's cool to just walk around and look at them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. But I think these sort of legacy medias has become kind of like experiences. There was actually one student in the class. uh, He was a bit older than the others, but he knew what a fanzine was. And we've actually written in Scandinavian Mind about how some certain subcultures are actually, uh, you know, picking up these kind of old formats. The fan scene is obviously the sort of self-published magazine, uh, you know, that started back in the punk uh, movement in the 70s. Uh, So today that's something kind of exotic and interesting and underground and and builds different kind of social currency for certain crowds. Uh, We had a story about that earlier this year, I think. Um so yeah i mean that speaks to what you're saying and walking around in record stores uh, yeah, that's a that's a wonderful experience i remember and perhaps Roland you remember as well when we actually did that uh, to to look for for rare records and, and stuff that that you can find elsewhere uh, but it's a wonderful experience a lot of visuals you're flipping around this discovery uh it's an exciting thing but listen i i
2: actually think that eric is is onto something here the kind, the kind of comeback of printed magazines. I mean, we like to smell. It's tactile. You can feel, uh, you know, the written words. I, I think issue three of Scandinavian Mind, when is it coming out, Conrad? It's like spring next year, Yeah, right? March. March yeah.
0: 2022. That's going to be the, the, the big thing next year. It's going to be the big thing. <laughs> but the question is then, can we add a metaverse layer to it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, have- we have to start, start calling Sarah Larson's manager and have her on the cover with a great, <laughs> a great big interview on
2: her metaverse. Or Emma, I mean, uh, who was on the podcast last week. I mean, she can maybe help us with uh, kind of creating the Scandinavian mind metaverse
0: experience. Of course. Let's do that. All right, next on the show, we're going to take a look at our mobility special that we premiered in our last print magazine, issue two that came out earlier this fall that we've now started rolling out online. Uh, This is a really exciting topic and something that you, Eric, have been working quite a lot on. Uh, The latest story is on the theme of air. We've done uh, four themes. We rolled out the first theme of air uh, uh, earlier this week on our newsletter. Um, Six projects that are taking air travel to new heights. Erik, uh, give us sort of an intro to this mobility special. What have we we been trying to do uh, here and uh, before we go into the, the individual uh, examples? Uh,
1: yeah, the whole idea behind this list, this mobility list, came to me not only during these pandemic times, but more importantly during these environmentalism times, you know, because uh, we realized that, or I realized that, for the last 200 years or so, we've had to consider three aspects when traveling in leisure or work and transportation or whatever. And that's time, price and comfort. Mm. So these three things you've been having to take into consideration when going somewhere from point A to B. So give, a, back,
0: give an example of how, how we consider that. Uh, okay, so yeah. let's
1: say you're, you're walking to, to, uh, to work and it takes two mm. hours. You're not really taking time into consideration because it's going to take a long time. Mm. Uh, Comfort, not really, it's not that comfortable. You have to walk, you can't really sit down and stuff like that. But price, you're definitely taking price into consideration because it's free, you know. Mm. So whatever way you travel, you can take these three into consideration. A bike, for example, you might cut down on time for a bit and comfort a bit more as well. But uh, this mobility special that I wrote, I wanted to look at a fourth pillar to be added to these three. And that's uh, climate impact. So the modern traveler right. or like the modern uh, mobility company has to cater for all these four. So time, price, comfort, and climate impact. Mm.
0: I think that let's uh, go into to some of these examples that we've done in the list. And, and uh, I really like this notion of the sort of the four pillars of mobility that, that uh, um, you know, any consumer has to put in co- into consideration when, when going forth. And I'm really excited about this first list. Because it's about air travel, and you know, obviously in Sweden we have this this term called scam. It's a fly shame or air travel shame uh, sure. that that became really big before the pandemic. But you know, also one of the reasons I was excited about doing this mobility special in issue two was because of some of these examples in in the the air category. Um, Eric, can you can you walk us through some of them?
1: Yeah, just like you said, the modern traveler needs to take a climate impact into consideration. But that also goes for the uh, like the services and the the, the mobility brands and companies mm. and stuff like that. So, <laughs> speaking of air travel, of course, traditionally has had a huge environmental impact. We all mm. know that. Probably the worst, and like you said, flight shame and stuff. So uh, that was, it was really, this was probably my favorite part of the list, uh, the first one, uh, about EVTOLs which Mm. stands for electrical vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, uh, which are, you know, not only are they good for the climate, they're also in many ways, there's no need for like major significant infrastructural changes when you see them, you can, they can take off from, uh, from on top of buildings on basically anywhere, you don't have to build these huge airports and stuff. Uh, There's a lot of eVTOL startups all around the world, but, you know, it's really hard to pinpoint and cherry pick the best ones, but uh, the best ones, the best one, number one for me, that's not only the most developed, but that's already flying is uh, Uber. Uber and Joby are uh, really, they're really far ahead. They're like the front runners of this. And they're saying that they will start flying uh, in in two years, beginning of 2023. So um, basically one year. Oh, wow. It's that that early. Yeah. Wow. The other ones wow. that I've written about, you know, most of them are, you know, 3D mock-ups and they have these huge and very cool uh, uh, views of the future. But Uber and Joby, they are really, they're already, you know, flying, they're already taken to the sky.
0: But what about Lilium? Because Lilium was the one that, that really opened my eyes to this. I think they have an awesome sort of uh, uh, promotional video on their website. They're also partly funded by um, the Swedish founder of of uh, Skype, uh, Niklas Sandström. Um, yeah. Are they flying now or what's the status there? Uh
1: they're not. I think they want to launch commercially in 2024. Uh and usually with all these like tech startups, you know, they just I think they just throw out a number out there to mm. get people going. Who knows? I I not I'm not seen it flying myself yet. I only seen these uh uh concept vehicles. Mm. Um but that's cool. That I I mean Lilium is definitely flying the European flag for EV It's a German mm. company. Like I said with some uh, Swedish background there, and, well, I think um, it's interesting
0: it, to to kind of break down what e v tolls can actually do uh they they can't do long distance uh flying uh, but they can do sort of short to medium distance, which uh when you take a look at it the this kind of how this will change. Uh, kind of real estate prices, how we live. There's been a lot of talk about the donut uh, city after COVID, that people sort of are more attracted to the sort of outskirts of the city. They still want to be in proximity to the uh, central cities, uh, but they also want to be closer to nature. So with these VTOLs, you you know, we're we're talking about being able to uh, fly distances of like 30 kilometers in 30 minutes or something. That yeah. gets you quite far outside a major city. Uh, and obviously, in the States, they're talking about, you know, uh, easing up congestion in cities like Dallas and Los Angeles. And I think that's where Uber is also doing most of their uh, uh, pilot uh, projects as well. Is but this I... uh,
2: like self driving uh, vehicles or what, what, what's the. What's the story here? I mean, I I, I guess uh, you know for for everyday citizens to 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 learn how to fly a vehicle is quite complicated.
1: Uh, just like uh, like the Uber example that I put up, the, it's it's a it's a chauffeur, it's a driver of of, the, of these. They're like air taxis, so you pull up your app and someone comes get comes come to get you or you meet them at like a pickup point. So you're not driving them yourself. And regarding a- automation, I'm not sure <laughs> that might be another ten years launch dates, I guess. So-
0: yeah, so basically, it's like like an electric. Uh, uh, it's a, like a. I would I would liken it to like a combination between a helicopter and a drone. So mm-hmm. there's there's new technology that takes us up in the air, and obviously, it's called vertical takeoff, which is more akin to a helicopter. You can just dip down anywhere, but w- once it's midair, it, you know, at least Lilium kind of changes into uh uh you know a, an electric aeroplane uh, mm-hmm. in the way that it flies. So it's it's really interesting technology. But but uh, so w- what what these companies are hoping is that the sort of cost ratio uh, in terms of what it costs to travel x amount of, of miles will be so low that would be worth it to to travel these distances you know uh, with you know instead of a car you will go these distances with the sort of uh, VTOL taxis. And uh, obviously, it's going to be the rich people that do it first. I'm, I'm sure, like countries like uh, uh, Sao Paulo and so forth, where, where there's already a, a sort of a, a, a really thriving sort of helicopter industry because of the rich want to get out of the congestions and, and traffic jams. Uh, it's probably going to start there. Uh, but but to me, it's really interesting. I, I think you know. I, my example when I talk about this is like I spend a lot of time at in the archipelago at a big island in the outer archipelago. It takes me uh, two, two and a half hours to get there with, with, by car and, and by boat. It would take me like 15 minutes to get there, if even maybe shorter from the central Stockholm with an uh, EV e- toll. So maybe I would have lunch in the center of Stockholm at Studehof with Roland on a Friday, which we enjoy doing sometimes. I would jump into a VTOL and I would I would be like two o'clock at my summer house. uh, You know, if I if I would have been able to land at some maybe in the in the soccer field or something at the island. So examples like that are really interesting. It sort of opens up the opportunity and what this could actually mean. And I do think people will be moving. Further away from the city, if it's going to be uh, easier to get quicker into the city, that, that that's yeah. the sort of first uh, use case I
1: see. And so that's where, and where Uber Uber Elevate. I think that's where they they're so far ahead because uh, they also they've said that you can let's say you're having lunch with uh, Roland in downtown Stockholm, you order an Uber like a regular Uber car <laughs> yeah. to go somewhere where to a pickup point because these uh, vehicles they probably need to go to like a huge open space. So in Stockholm, perhaps like Yadet or something. So that, so you have one app to get the car from your launch spot to the pickup point and then from there to your country house. Mm-hmm. And, and that's Uber. It's they're close. not even, they're like, they're close now. They, they say they're going to launch in one year. And like you said, but Dubai, like you said, well, that's probably the perfect city for these things when, when they're launching in a couple of years. People have sure. money and we were there. It's such a stretch out city. It's, if you're, if you're, you don't have a car, you're kind of doomed, you know. So I think Dubai would be like the perfect city for eVTOLs.
0: Well, speaking of Dubai, there was actually an event at the Swedish Pavilion this week, yesterday, actually, um, uh, about with Ocean Sky, which is also one of our examples Mm -hmm. in the list. So there's actually a Swedish guy called Karl-Oskar Lavacek, who's the CEO and founder of Ocean Sky, cruises. Is that how they call themselves? Uh, and they had a big event with some other, uh, you know, uh, startups and entrepreneurs in the in the airship industry. <laughs> this is, is super funny, a really unpredictable uh, move from from the sort of uh, uh, air mobility industry. Eric, what can you tell us about this innovation?
1: Yeah, and like I said, when I took up these four pillars of uh, Mobility this one is uh, you really have to take price out of consideration because it's really really expensive I think it's like Mm. two million crowns to for their first maiden trip (laughs) to go for three days to the Arctic Pole and back But so it's like a luxury way of travel, but still I know I've seen like a Polish company. I can't think of them now. I've seen American and English ones too these airships are uh, Starting to pick up pace and the thing is they can also uh, do vertical uh, and landing so right. there's no need for like they they have these fans that they can point downwards. But they're to. bigger, right? They're huge. They're they're, huge,
0: they're sure. based. Is it hydrogen or what? What is it they yes, have? Yes, yes,
1: it's hydrogen. Yeah. Uh, so they say that one of their airships can save ninety percent of the energy used compared to an airplane, and the the ten percent that they're uh, all using compared to an airplane can be fossil free, which is hydrogen. Yeah, and it's the, the ship is uh, one hundred meters long, so it's huge. <laughs> And it's cool. We can see a lot of these like really old ways of traveling are coming back, you know, that airships and like in this mobility list when I'm writing about water, we have this huge uh, like sailing ship for transportation over waters. So we're going back to old technologies because they're good for the environment. I well, think I'm... walking is is a great way of yeah. That's, that's, walking, my that's my walking favorite. Walking is
0: underrated. Well, <laughs> I think be, it's probably has been a long enough time since the Hindenburg uh, disaster. When was that? <laughs> like 30s or 40s or something? When yeah. this this airship the Zeppelin uh, uh, crashed and and kind of. Uh, uh, also crashed the entire economy for, for these types of vehicles and I'm sure uh, technology is, is better and up to date these days and I would guess also g- given the price point that, that uh, there's a reason they call it Ocean Sky Cruises mm. it's not about uh, you know, transporting yourself because you need to get somewhere fast it's, it's some kind of uh, uh, experience
1: right? Yes, definitely but it looks good everyone should uh, go in and read it right now it is some great pictures Erik, you need to de- do a review. Yeah, I did. That's the first. I, I emailed them when I was researching for them. I was like, <laughs> oh, let's, uh, let's get me on the, uh, the, the, the press trip uh, list or just the press, press list. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll see what I can do.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We we have to work on that. We're definitely going to send Eric once the once the press trips are open. I, and I've actually reached out to Kaloskar to to do an interview for for the podcast. I would love to hear him talk more about this. Yeah, uh, a fascinating and, and unexpected innovation of airships. Uh, listen, we've we kind of ran out on time. Uh, as always, super exciting to talking and and we are going to expand on this mobility list in the weeks to come. So I'm sure there are reasons to to come back to it on this show. Uh, guys, what are you looking forward to in the week to come? Roland, uh, what's on your schedule? What's on your mind?
2: Well, I, I think there was a report launched uh, yesterday. We're going to talk about it next week in the episode. Um, it's the startup funding report, you know, kind of the untapped potential of the Nordic ecosystem of venture capital. And, you know, it's, it's quite interesting to observe that. How few kind of all women founding teams there are out in the Nordics? And you know, I, I want to deep dive into this and hopefully we can do that next week. So that's something I'm looking forward to.
0: Wonderful. Eric, what's on, what's on your agenda be- besides uh, getting better this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I was getting well.
1: Say, I'm looking forward to just walking again and getting out of bed. I'm doing the like the futuristic way of walking, new, new mobility. I'm gonna try that out.
0: That's wonderful. And
1: enjoy the fresh air. <laughs>
0: And I'm gonna continue uh, enjoying my huge uh, newfound uh, celebrity status in Sweden uh, after being on the SVT I'm 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 appalled that you guys didn't mention it in the episode because it's uh, it's a tenth pole <laughs> event in Sweden. Uh, uh, the the couple of minutes that I was on. Uh so thank you for all your your emails and and uh in, in inbound following uh no I'm joking of course we we're just very swedish
2: here Conrad. you know we don't <laughs> want to kind of uh, highlight the obvious you know
0: <laughs> actually i'm looking forward i'm going to meet with a company called mips um on thursday next week i hope to p- perhaps report some some observations from there do you know what mips is
1: Tell they're us. doing like helmet stuff right
0: Exactly. So it's a Swedish innovation. I think anyone buying a helmet for themselves or their children needs to to decide it's gonna, if it's going to be MIPS technology or not. And yeah. uh, uh, it's one of those things where it's one of those great innovations because it's actually a no brainer. Uh, and I'm sure. <laughs> Pun exactly (laughs) sorry about that but uh, you know i you know i stood uh, buying a helmet for my daughter and you know if you get the question do you want it to be more safer or less safer the the choice is obvious so it's going to be exciting to talking to to those guys yeah i
2: know about mips technology basically your head is moving within the helmet it's right
0: yeah, exactly. It doesn't get yeah. locked in. It's, it's kind of like a flexible uh, technology. I'm gonna I'm excited to learn learn more about mm-hmm. it. Interesting. Listen, guys, it's been a great show. Uh, thank you, guys, thank you, everyone who listens. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletters at scandinavianmind.com slash newsletter. And uh, send us your uh, inputs and, and suggestions for topics for this show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, guys, enjoy your weekends. Likewise, and get Likewise. better, Thanks. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> All good right, out. goodbye.